Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today, and we're going to be talking about franchising. You know, a lot of people think that if they decide to, to be a part of a franchise, they identify one that they uh, have a passion for or maybe there's a, a certain interest in that um, everything is taken care of. Well, in some cases that's true that the franchisor does certainly help you with marketing and certainly helps you with, um, you know, maybe the infrastructure. But I tell you one thing that you will need and you will need an attorney. Well, if the franchisor takes care of everything, why the heck would you need your own attorney? Well, I tell you what, that's what we're going to be talking about today because Damon Bowman has, has joined us today and he's an attorney. He has over 20 years of business, real estate, and legal experience. He has focused on assisting startups and uh, established companies as well. His unique perspective as a successful business owner and a lawyer allow him to focus on practical solutions for clients. So it's not just textbook language. It's going to be in a language that you understand because he understands about running a business. Damon, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. No, thanks, Linda. I appreciate the invitation and uh, look forward to it. Absolutely. You know, Damon, as I said earlier, a lot of times when someone buys a franchise and they find that that brand that fits them, they just think, this is it. Everything's taken care of and that the, the brand is looking out for their best interests. But there's a lot mm -hmm. they need to know before they step into yeah. that. And before they even, they don't, most of the time, they don't even know what an FDD is, right? Right, right, right. They don't realize. So, what are some of those of... things, Damon? <laughs> you know, when they get ready to to look at this, what are some of the things they sure. need to look at? You know, there, there's a few things that I think anybody, especially in the franchise world, because you're putting a lot of trust in somebody else's business model. Uh -huh. um, so, to me, that is key. It's not your idea. It's not, you know, your plan. It's nothing is, you're, it's not original to you. So what is original to you is understanding who you are as a person, who, understanding what types of opportunities are out there and do they fit you? For example, for me, I don't want to work on Saturdays or at night, generally mm -hmm. speaking. You know, we mm -hmm. have clients, we all have to do what we need to do, but you don't want to run a restaurant if you don't want to be there on the weekends or at night. Mm -hmm. So there are certain concepts that are that are there for certain individuals and certain personalities. If you're not a people person, maybe you might want to look at something else. So to me, you really need to step back and take a, a really good self-assessment, number one. And, and number two, I think you really need to find some help. 
because the franchisors, when you talk about the FDD, I review them all the time. Um, that's one of the things our firm does for franchisees is help them understand and what those documents, 200 page sometimes plus document about mm-hmm. everything. And if you've never run a business, um, it, it's a lot of things you just you may not comprehend or would have thought of um, or just doesn't, definitely have an experience. So what you want to do is find someone obviously just like yourself to help them do the self-assessment because and find somebody like you who has exposure to hundreds or thousands of opportunities and to will it down for them because it's overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. You go to these franchise shows and you go to these just start Googling things. Well, they need to work with you to understand what's really out there to help them and what would fit them, and they're going to save months off their time. So I right. think those are the two key things. You've got to find somebody who can help them get the right opportunity and forcing them to look at who they are. And, and, right. and that's a lot I think is, is super important because if you're going to fail because you have what you made a comment in the opening about your hobby, hey, hobbies mm-hmm. are great. I love them. doesn't mean it needs to be your business. Right. So, so I think that's key. And, and someone like yourself, obviously, you're, you're great at that. So I, I think I think those are the two key things: self-assessment and getting some professional help. And, and and I appreciate that, Damon, because I know that I've talked to people before that before they know it, they're out in the the franchise weeds. They don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. They don't know what direction to go in. So you know, to to have that because if they call a a franchisor. Uh, more than likely, they're going to be the perfect fit because they call. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, they pick up the Entrepreneur Magazine, right? And it says, right. oh, here are the top growing franchises on whatever websites. Oh, let's do one of these. And you're exactly right because we represent both, <laughs> franchisors and franchisees. Yeah. And very rarely do I see a franchisor that goes, "Not." it does happen. The good ones do turn right. people away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they need an advocate on their side, and, and that. And they, they don't know what they don't know. So having exactly. Having like you in their corner, just, just know what you don't know and get some help. <laughs> You'll save well, a lot of money and time and heartache. Absolutely, they will. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, we go back to that FDD. And uh, like you said, 200-plus pages. And if they're not an attorney, they're not going to know what the heck that says. So to bring that sure. FDD to an attorney like yourself to review that – and and really break it down so they know what they're getting ready to sign and bring it to yep. you, I guess, probably the best way to bring it to you would be before they sign it, maybe? Oh, for sure. If you've already signed it, it's too late. I can tell you what you got into, but, you know, there are some, you know, that some franchisors, if it's a super, super established brand, it's sometimes a take it or leave it. And mm-hmm. you're hiring me just to make sure you understand what you've got. Mm-hmm. If it's a relatively newer brand or they're more flexible or the per- just a different personality of franchisor, you have the ability to negotiate certain things. Um, you know, there are certain pitfalls as far as in the guarantee world and territories and what they can or can't do and support that you want or don't get. But if you've already signed, you know, they've missed the advice of talking to other franchisees and understand, understanding what right. they're really getting in. And they've missed the understanding of like one of the biggest things that we find in the FDD that most people do not understand is that it's a, the FDD is not, but the franchise agreement is the contract. And that contract, yeah. whether you're in business or not, stays in force. Mm-hmm. So you close that thing down in three years, guess what? <laughs> Somebody has seven years of 
some sort of damages that is still owed. So mm-hmm. some some of these things can be negotiated, but man, don't I would strongly encourage you not to sign until you had a professional. Just take a look at it and walk through it with you. Mm-hmm. It's like with anything else, Damon. That um, if you're going to purchase a house, if you're going to you know purchase land, or if you're going to mm-hmm. um, invest in something, you certainly want someone to look at it that has more experience than you do. Oh, I am sure that you have absolutely. some horror stories out there of people that may oh. not have done that. And maybe later in the show, you can share some of those stories with us. Sure. Uh, I know sure. that you had, that in the introduction, I mentioned that you had been in business for yourself. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that so that uh, our listeners can better understand sure. how much, experience you have as a small business owner well i was i was practicing law doing a lot of traveling in-house counsel for a for a um a a renewable energy company and i had always had side clients you know any lawyers they always have a side client um, who had an idea he said hey why don't you do this business with me and and it, it was an electrical contracting company and prior to law school years and years and years ago i used to be a home builder so it mm-hmm. kind of makes a little sense, but, you know, I talked to my wife, and I said, hey, why don't we do this? I'm traveling all the time. Um, let's stay home a little bit, not stay off the road, and, and just me and one guy started an electrical contracting company from nothing. No money, no business plan. Not, I mean, we created all that, but it wasn't a franchise. So we we started it from scratch, no clients, nothing. And within 18 months, we had 31 employees, multiple millions of dollars in revenue already. And so what I understand is, and I'll tell you the good and bad of that, it sounds great, but we grew so fast that it caused so many problems. (laughs) And that means training, finding the right people, sitting across the desk, wondering how I'm going to make payroll because you haven't, your, your receivables haven't been satisfied yet. How do I do collections? How do I get new clients? What are my processes from as simple as sending a bid out there to follow up to pricing to invoices? To, I mean, just everything. For, it's just the processes of owning a business. And through that process, I learned so much as far as how you treat people. Because to mm-hmm. me, the number one thing is, is you treat people right, your customers will be fine. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. And I think it's Richard Branson who said, if you, you know, train them to leave, because if not, they might stay. <laughs> and it's mm. so true. And I saw that personally. And my job as a business owner is to help those guys stay so they don't leave. So it's about creating the right environment. But during that, you always have some negative side. We had an employee leave who had a non-compete. I had to pursue him um, to enforce that. I've been on the litigation side as a business owner. I had an employee leave who also filed a complaint with the Texas Workforce Commission. So we had to go through that process. And I won't call it litigation, but through the audits and the, and the hearings and all that, we got a surprise um, comptroller sales tax and use audit. So I've been mm. through all the things that a lot of business owners that you deal with go through. I've sat in the chair. I've had to make payroll. I've had to make choices on what to pay, not to pay. Had to reinvent, you know, some processes that were broken or learn myself internally what I can't do and that I need to hire someone to help me do. So Mm -hmm. I've been there. I had it. We were almost bankrupt, turned it around, built it to profitable, and I ended up selling it last year. 
um, which gave me the opportunity and the perspective that I think now I can really help people starting their businesses. Right, right. So yeah. when you look back on that, Damon, do you see that um, that if that that someone purchasing a franchise would some of those headaches because it's no other way to describe it, but sure, people sure. think it's great to be an entrepreneur. You can <laughs> work when you want yeah. to, and you know you get to take all these vacations. Well, trust me, folks, if you've <laughs> never done it, it is not for the faint <laughs> at heart. <laughs> and, you can certainly you know, do all those things. You just may not yeah. be in business very long. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's true. So mm-hmm. when you buy into a franchise, do you see that some of those um, learning, that some of that learning curve would have been shortened for you? Oh, that's the expectation. And if you have a reputable brand with a reputable training, and that's where it takes getting to know, honestly, someone like yourself who's seen, who's put people in franchises, help them figure out the good ones. I'm going to say for the bad ones, the better ones mm-hmm. from the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then also um, talking to other franchisees during this process to learn how they're supported. I mean, right. when you talk about, I've had business owners, to exactly your point, talk sit in my office after they're already signed, and I ask them, let me see your chart of accounts. They look at me blank, and they don't know what that means. Wow. And they're expected to run a, a P&L or balance sheet and don't even understand what the chart of accounts is. So yeah. if you have a good partner with you to help short circuit those things, oh, yeah, the training, the marketing strategies, the, the, um, just the brand awareness the support from the manuals, the procedures, the, uh, all that stuff should, that's the whole point. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Find the right opportunity that fits for you. That's the whole point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of times you don't even know what those, those potholes and those pitfalls are. And you yeah. not alone do you, do you know, not know how, what they are, but you wouldn't even know how to get out of them once you fell into them. And if you've got, yep. a, if you're part of a good solid brand, then they can help walk you through it. They can help you right. know, navigate you through um, uncharted territories for yourself mm-hmm. uh, because yep. this is all new. So when you work with clients, uh, Damon, what are some of the questions that they ask you before they start looking at franchisors or how to go about this? What are some of the common questions that you get? Well, the, the, the two biggest ones, number one is always, does it make money? Yeah. <laughs> does yep. it make money? And the answer to my question every time is, and it's the, the dreaded lawyer answer, it depends. It depends. <laughs> These That's things correct. wouldn't be in business if they didn't make money at some level. Um, that that stems into my next question. What time, you know, does it allow for absentee ownership? Yeah. Those are the two biggest ones I get because some people think right. they have some money, want to have a business, like what you said, it's a cool idea, work a little, vacation a little, not be involved. Yep. The ones that make money are actively managed and you have the right personality fit. And yes, can they all make money? There are some that are better than others and have better margins than others. And depending on your demographics, your location, you know, things like that, you're not, you know, you're not going to put a, a, I don't know, a restaurant franchise concept that needs 50,000 transactions a month in a town of 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to do that. So, mm-hmm. yes, they can make money. 
do the demographics help you? And the absentee ownership question, those are the, those are, those are the ones. And, and, and a lot of times it's, it's territories as well. A lot of people mm-hmm. want, man, I need to get five or six or seven of these. Well, look through your development agreements and understand what that means. So it's money. It doesn't make money. Um, ownership style generally is the right. other one. And, and kind of a location territory discussion about how they're established and what if I want to move and, uh, you know, what if I move? Because a lot of people, you know, well, they move every seven years in North Texas, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean? Um, those are probably the most common. There's a whole, you know, there's a whole litany of questions of uh, that that can come up, but those are those are the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, Damon, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, before we do, if someone's listening and they want to get more information about you, how to get in touch with you, and how they might be able to work with you. How, where would they sure. reach you? How could they get in touch with you? Sure. You can call my direct line at the office. It's 972-852-1706. Um, you can always go to our website. It's uh, mullenlawpc.com. That's M-U-L-L-I-N lawpc.com. And you can always email me. Damon dot Bowman at mullenlawpc.com and my name's pretty easy. It's D A M O N dot B as in boy O W M A N. Damon dot Bowman at mullenlawpc and uh, yeah, love to hear from you. It'd be great. Perfect. Very good. Um, when we come back, Damon, would you mind sharing with us maybe a um, a situation that you may have had with a client that um, could have been prevented? Had you been brought in early on, would you mind sharing maybe a story or two with us? Wonderful. Okay, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, folks, and we'll be back with more from Damon Bowman. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with a BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898, or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Did you know that an estimated 52 million Americans listened to Internet radio in the last month? Or that weekly Internet radio audience has increased 60% over the last year? And that more than 8 in 10 people are online from any location? Tough Talk Radio Network is a company dedicated to providing a platform that allows opportunities for guests, hosts, and sponsors to market themselves to the internet radio media where they can be heard by millions. To find out how Tough Talk Radio Network can help you, go to toughtalkradionetwork.com. 
Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. And our guest is Damon Bowman. And Damon is an attorney that specializes in franchising. And one of the things we were talking about before our break was maybe to get some stories from you, Damon, to give listeners an idea of how they could easily fall into um, an area that they don't understand, they don't have an expertise, but bringing you in early on could avoid uh, not just a lot of heartache, but a lot of money as well. So could you maybe share a story or two with us? Sure. Um, I guess just just to be safe, I won't name any franchise or names, right. um, if that's okay. I uh, don't want to do that, but because right. it's not, I'm not going to blame the franchisor because they gave us the document or they gave us, they gave the franchisee the documentation. Mm-hmm. So we had, we had a client and it's, it's really sad. I kind of mentioned the development agreement concept and that's where somebody wants to have more than one location. You might buy, you know, Northern Collin County or part of Austin. You know, it's a territory. So if you want to buy two or three territories because you think I can make X percent for one location, but to make where I want to get financially, I need three locations. Well, mm-hmm. they signed up. Nope. I mean, we, we didn't do the FDD review. We didn't help them with the franchise agreement, development agreement, um, nothing. So they signed up, got their first location open. And, and what people don't realize is when you pay that development fee, a lot of the times, it's due up front regardless if you open store number two or store number right. three. Right. <laughs> regardless. Right. And and from a franchisor perspective, if you don't open store number three, it's a windfall because they're going to resell it, and mm-hmm. you've already paid them. So there's some things like that going on. Of, of They weren't able to open store number two in the negotiated timeline because of the metrics of the very, very hard language in the development agreement. You must open it by this date or mm. you forfeit mm. by, you know very very specific and lawyers are taught you know the four corners of the document words matter you know my wife always makes fun of me we watch law and order or these other things i'm like you can't do that i heard what you <laughs> said you know so the words matter and so when you see the words must you shall i know it doesn't seem like a big deal but in her particular case she couldn't open the other two she forego. I'm trying to remember how many. It was forty, I think forty thousand for the first concept, and I think thirty-five for the second, and thirty for the third. I mean, it's sixty-five thousand dollars she lost. Mm. That's a lot of money to me. <laughs> Maybe right. not to everybody else out there, but that's a lot of money, and not necessarily the money, the opportunity, because now she's locked into that one franchise concept in that one location for the duration of the term. So. Mm. That that's a really tough place to be in. Um, the other one I was just thinking off the top of my head over the break was a fitness franchise, and if if you know there are certain people, and this is really I'm gonna say we could have fixed it if it would have come to somebody like me clearly, but if they would have come to somebody like you even before they came to me, they got talked into a franchise. I don't want to say talked. I don't I don't want to accuse anybody. But the, like we were talking about earlier, they were a great fit for the franchisor. Right. Um, they didn't have any business management experience. Um, you know, they had a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank, um, and they bought into a specific fitness franchise. Didn't get it open because you know I tried to help them. This is the chart of accounts reference. 
They, they didn't understand what that means. They didn't understand their timelines. They didn't just understand what the commitment was in just starting a business. And mm-hmm. that, you know, and then you're locked in again, whether it's one, two, three stores. I mean, he took it out of his 401k, your retirement. I mean, that this is significant to this person. Mm-hmm. And till this day, we're a year into it, and he hasn't even broken ground, um, selected a real estate space, nothing. Um, because oh, he, he hasn't left goodness. his job yet. Yeah. And so now we're working with the franchisor, trying to get extensions, amendments. And luckily, nobody else is trying to buy the territory. So it hasn't been a huge rub at this point. But understanding what it takes financially and understanding the types of people and the types of things he has to deal with was just, he, I mean, he, he liked to work out. <laughs> He liked to work out, and and that's what Mm -hmm. happens. That's what I see sometimes is people will say, I love cupcakes. Well, Mm -hmm. great. Go buy you some cupcakes. Don't buy a cupcake store. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there are certain things I, I, you know, I love, you know, my son plays soccer. I love coaching his team. My daughter's volleyball. I love being involved with that team. I could not go run a volleyball team. I would not be good at running a soccer team, but mm-hmm. I love being a part of it. It's just it's mm-hmm. a different animal. And had had this particular person had a, a real conversation or somebody to sit across the table from him and ask him those hard questions, he probably would have never signed the agreement, but mm-hmm. he would have found something else that he could have done because he really right. wants to do it. He picked the wrong horse. And right. unfortunately, you're into it. Um, so... Those are probably two really good examples that could have been easily avoidable. I say even avoidable, at least made them aware. And then they could have made the decision and made some softer language, for example, on the development one. If it doesn't, we should try to use best efforts. And, you know, there's lots of different words we can do to make it not black and white. And that's what Mm -hmm. what got hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and and like you said, a lot of times – uh, someone thinks, well, if one is good, I'm going to go ahead and buy three, so I'll have no competition, and it, that mm-hmm. triples my my income. That's not the way it works. That's no. just not the way it works. And, and usually um, the time I, on the development agreements are so fast. They want you to open yeah. one within six months or 12 months. If, you're, if it's your first business, it's 18 months before you know which way is up. Absolutely. And then you, then Absolutely. you already got to have your second one halfway open. Right. Absolutely. And if you haven't yeah. managed people before, if this is an industry that you don't know anything about, um, there yeah. are so many different learning curves in opening your first door. So um, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot to look at. You're exactly right in that. So. Um, um, David, we're getting closer to the end of the show, but I, I want sure. you to be able to tell us again how to get in touch with you so that um, some of these situations certainly could be avoided sure. if they just had conversation with someone that knows a little yep. bit more about franchising than they do. Sure. So uh, the office is, is definitely easy. It's 972 852 one seven zero six. That is my direct line. Nine seven two eight five two one seven zero six. My email is Damon dot Bowman at MullenLawPC dot com. 
Wonderful. Well, Damien, we're down to those last questions that I ask all sure. of my my guests. The first one is, and we may have covered some of this in our conversation. The first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would mm-hmm. you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? First question, first step is call Linda. <laughs> because and, 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 I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to pander here, but seriously, call a trusted advisor who knows somebody who knows this business. Because if you don't, there is so much information, and you don't know what you don't know. Right. And just to having a guide and a help, just to make sure, because a lot of a lot of times this is these people's retirement 401k rollovers. I see yep. a bunch. So yep. if this is really this this. That's your that's your cash. Spend it purposefully and mm-hmm. vigilantly, and mm-hmm. and spend the time and take your time and go through that process. And and that that is the first thing you need to do. Because someone like you, well, you'll point them to a lawyer. You'll point them to mm-hmm. a CPA. You'll point them to their a bank or an SBA or how they're going to do that, um, and be more of the conduit. And and but yes, we all need to have that conversation. That's the first thing they need to do is find somebody to help them. If they come to me first, I'm going to say, hey, here's what I know about business. You need to talk to Linda because she knows (laughs) 5,000 different concepts that I don't. I appreciate that. But they do need to have that conversation with someone. They really, really do. Because in their head, and if they have already reached out to some franchisors, they're going to really be pumped up. And this is, you know, go into it with both feet and not even know what they're going into. So, yeah, exactly. I agree. So Mm -hmm. the second question here is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? So for me, I think it's work ethic. And that's number one. Um, Like what you said earlier, it's not easy. If anybody could, what if most businesses fail after three years, something like that? I don't think it's because it's a bad concept. But people don't understand what it really takes to get something off the ground. Franchise or not, it's going to be hard. So stick with it. Have a work ethic in mind of knowing just because you're buying a concept, is it easier than starting your own? Potentially, and should be. But it's still hard. It's still going to take some effort. Um, Number two, unless you are a franchise of one, an employee of one, which very few are, you mm-hmm. need to know how to talk and handle, deal with people, all different kinds of people. You have to have patience. Um, mm-hmm. If you're an A player, not everybody on your team is going to be an A player. They're just not. You've got to know how to get the best out of your team. So people mm-hmm. person, understanding how to deal with people, and having a good work ethic. I think those are the two, mm-hmm. two traits for me. And, you know, Damon, working with people, that can be your clients too. You, know, you don't sure. have to have employees. You've got, to, you've got to learn to talk to clients and how to handle difficult mm-hmm. clients. Um, so it's, it's all yeah. about learning how to communicate, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. People is the core thing. No matter what we're in, people are involved. Yeah, it definitely are. Definitely are. Damon, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today, and I know that you've mm-hmm. got a wealth of information that you could share our listeners. I'd love to invite you to come back um, maybe on a regular basis to kind of educate us a little bit more about the process sure. and maybe some things that, that are coming up and just share with us what's going on in franchising. 
Yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, for having me on. Absolutely. Well, folks, you've heard a little bit from Damon about some of the the legal aspects and what you should look for when you're looking at franchising. But, you know, one of the things that he mentioned is the work ethic. You can't get out of that. It is not a gravy train. And if you're looking for a nine-to-five job, I would suggest you keep the one that you've got because working for yourself, whether it's franchise or not, it is not a nine-to-five job. It is work. It is, like I said earlier, it is not for the faint at heart. So you know I always leave you with a quote, and I think this is perfect. It, um, this is a quote by Thomas Edison. Genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. So think about that when you're getting ready to start your own business or looking at a franchise, and uh, just know that it's going to be some work. It'll be worth it, but it'll be some work. Thanks so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising. We look forward to you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.